Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Yo, what up, sports fans? We're back. I'm Aaron. With me is Stefan, as always. Uh, we're both back from our vacations. Let's start with some vacation talk. Yeah. How, how was the trip, Stefan? It was fantastic. So, you know, I was I was trying to guess the trip the whole time, obviously, yep. uh, leading up to it. And if, if you don't know, this was a vacation for... Uh, so, I'm in an insane uh, hockey keeper league. It was our 10-year league anniversary. Every summer or spring, we go to like a cabin just outside Vancouver for like a weekend and we'll like discuss rules and, you know, we'll do the draft lottery or whatever. But this year, because GM's meeting. Exactly. But this year, because it was the 10 year anniversary, we're like, we got to step it up. So John Cullen, friend of the show and another member of the league planned a trip for all of us. And my guess going into it was Phoenix. And I was partially correct because we went to Phoenix for less than 24 hours so we flew into Phoenix from Vancouver, went to a Phoenix Suns game that night, which I also predicted. Then the next morning, they wake us up at like 8.30 and they're like, let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, and we're like, okay. So then we go to Joshua Tree for two days, which was beautiful. Um, and then after that, we go to a little, I guess, neighborhood, just like kind of halfway between Anaheim and LA. And then over the next two nights, we go to the Angels home opener against the Blue Jays and then the Kings Avalanche game the night after Hell that. yes. It was fantastic. Very, very good vacation. Thank you to John and, and Chad of the uh, SBBHL for planning that once again. <laughs> uh, it was it was fantastic. And you were in Quebec, is that right? I was in Quebec, yes. Yeah. I went to uh, Montreal for a night and then an afternoon. And then we took a train to Quebec City. Ooh. Caught a couple of concerts. Uh, a metal band on Friday night, Enslaved, with Insomnium opening for them, which was cool. And then we saw Depeche Mode in Quebec City. At the arena where I think the Nordiques played. It seems like it's been renovated, but they had the Nordiques like banners up still for retired jerseys and stuff. Right. Which it's is probably where cool. the, the ROM parts play, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh Video Tron, video not Video Drome. Yeah. Video Tron Center, I think it is. Which is like I think a Quebecois um like telecoms company or something. Yeah. Uh I've never been to Quebec before. It was cool. I only got, I've been doing Duolingo for 174 days now. Wow. Got to use French once. Okay. Which was and to say. How was it? Uh, I don't speak French. Okay. Je, je n'ai pas français. There you go. As they're trying, they're asking if I had any keys when I was going through the little metal detector at the, the okay. concert there. Okay. Uh, other than that, everyone just spoke English. Probably not news to anyone that's been there before, but my favorite interaction was with an Uber driver. There was a. Uh, we went to the aquarium in Quebec City, which is very sad. Didn't seem like there was a lot of effort put into like, yeah. <laughs> conservation, which sucks because like, the, the Vancouver one is nice. You, there's the different like seals there, and there's stories about how they were released, and then they were found wounded again, and so now they have to live there. Yes. They were shot in the face, and they're blind. Well, 
As far as None aquariums go, the Vancouver Aquarium is like a less bad aquarium than like SeaWorld yeah. or something. I, I like the I like the Ripley's one in Toronto as well. That one was oh, super yeah. cool. Yeah. But this one, they just their seals were just hanging out there. They're like, these are just our seals. And I think the funniest one was there is a an owl exhibit because they had like owls and polar bears and Arctic foxes there as well. Bummer about the polar bears. The polar bears. Guess, that's like, always so depressing to see them in a zoo. Yeah, or they had or a. It, it was way bigger than like because the, they used to have them in the the like Chilliwack Zoo, right? They had no. They had them at the aquarium in like Were the eighties. The there was if you go, yeah, if you go there I now just remember seeing Park, them as a kid. There's there's like a a big enclosure kind of right in front of the aquarium off to the side, and the polar bears used to be in there, and it's like that's insane to think about in retrospect. The, these polar bears did have like quite a bit of room to go around, but okay. obviously not as much as in nature. But the owl exhibit, there were three different owls. Yeah. And one of them said this was like rescued from the wild and his wings were broken and it can't fly, so it can't be re-released. Other two, no plagues. They're just they're just keeping them. <laughs> okay. So it's like thirty-three percent <laughs> of them are are uh <laughs> there for a good reason. Yeah. Anyways. It's pretty far away from Old Town in Quebec City where we were staying. Yep. And so we took an Uber to get back. And I had the coolest Uber driver ever. Oh, well, I saw you post about yeah, this. I, yeah, I did tweet about it. So just we were sitting down waiting for the truck and then or the car. And then we hear like a bunch of honking. Yeah. And it's our Uber driver like speeding past and like fucking honking at people. So we knew we were in for a good ride. I think I wasn't really paying attention, but apparently he had the right of way and someone cut in front of him and he got pissed off. <laughs> But incredibly Quebecois like voice, and yeah. I guess the other important thing is his license plate was shit with like three eyes <laughs> in it. Yeah, <laughs> and he actually he brought that up in the cab ride or the Uber ride, and he said that's because he thinks like whoever was doing it was really French and they didn't put it together, so we could probably get away with it saying "mered" on our license plate. But oh man, he's like, I can't wait to like drive across Canada and have people react to it. They'll probably get pulled over. <laughs> And he was just talking about how much he hates cops and like real a cab stuff. And yeah. then he dropped like he was in the military and got kicked out for not getting the vaccine. So uh, now he's suing the government okay. uh, for two years wages and he hopes to get like a hundred thousand bucks and then be able to buy a house. Okay. So, All right. Fair pa- enough. Power to him for yeah, that. Yeah. I good guess. luck. Yeah. Okay. And he, w- he was driving a Tesla is the other thing. And he went on such a good Tesla sales pitch that like even uh, giant Elon Musk hater. I'm like, you know, that's not such a bad idea. I would like to spend $4 in electricity to get 600 kilometers of driving out of my car. <laughs> and like we were mid city and he floors it to show it's like acceleration, which is like really goddamn fast. Yeah. Anyway, so that was cool. Yeah. Uh, that is cool. Highlight of my trip besides the two concerts yeah. and the food, which was incredible. Sick. Hell yeah. Um, but, uh, some hockey yeah, stuff happened too, I yeah. guess, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, so I, season's I, been over for a while, really. Yeah. But, I did watch yeah. the Calgary Canucks game in my hotel room. Okay. Uh, at 10 at night, way too late to watch a hockey yeah, game. Yeah, especially a Canucks game. Although, man, it is so funny. I, I feel like I haven't felt this way about a team for a while, but it's like, it's really funny when another team does bad and you can make yeah. fun of them for it, you know? Like Calgary... There's like, there's, just There's Calgary a bit of that right now yeah. with a couple teams, but yeah. I think Calgary's particularly funny because of how fucked they are that this win now isn't working. Well, I was going to say, I think that they have like a worse future than Vancouver does. Like they have some, they have a yeah. couple of good prospects, but like in terms of where they're at, they have some bad contracts. 
Um, I mean, their GM's probably gone. Their coach is probably gone, which I'm sure their fans love. But like, they are in a lot of trouble. It's, they have better prospects, right? Like, there's no one in the Canucks system that's like Peltier good. Yeah, they have like Coronado, yeah. who's who's quite good. They, they do have a, a few good and, prospects. Yeah, Wolf is like obviously a very good goalie prospect. Yeah. But it's like they have better prospects, but also worse contracts. Yes. Pull their cap friendly. And, but Huberto's ten million for eight years kicking in next year that'll take him to when he's thirty eight years old. I mean, old, that's that makes the JT like Miller historic, contract look good, I would say. Yeah. With like a historic drop off in points. Like I don't think there's ever been a season where a player's dropped off in point production that much. Yeah. Uh, without an injury. Because he went from what, one fourteen to 60 something. Yeah. You have to assume maybe under a different coach, he will bounce back potentially. Sorry, how dare I? 10 and a, 10 and a half million oh, for the oh, next eight years. Man. And then you have Kadri, who is 32 right now. Yes. Turns 33 in October. So before next year, yeah. signed for an additional, I guess, six years after this one. So that'll bring him to when he's 39. Oh. You've got Blake Coleman making 4.9 million until. T- the 2027-2028 season. Markstrom looks bad. I mean, they have Wolf, Markstrom, but like... Yeah, Markstrom signed for another three years. Yeah. Uh, it's six million. Mackenzie Weger, I think, has been fine, but he's also signed to the end of time, and he's 29. So it's not like he's... Well, no one's getting younger, obviously, but... And they uh, are, yeah. they're in of, trouble. A lot of tough contracts. Yep. And then... Well, who are they losing? Nick Ritchie and Milan Lucci. So I guess they're getting well, a little Nick bit Nick Ritchie was obviously a pretty important player because they put him in the shootout. So Yeah, hilarious. God, that, that was happened. so funny. I was, like, I was watching that live and it was just like, the, when, <laughs> when they called his name, I was like, oh my God, this is so, it's so fun to see another team do something really stupid. You know? The explanation as well. Oh like, my God, it was such a classic Daryl Sutter explanation. Yeah. Like, but uh, I, w- the reason it, it was he had, he had what scored it was. before, yeah. right? Against, he had scored before against UZ Saros. Yes. <laughs> Which is also like I, I think in that scenario the goalie has the advantage because he knows his move and how many moves does fucking Nick Ritchie have? I mean, I guess and he had, he had to, that one. I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and then they had Toffoli on the bench and Mangiapane on the yeah. bench as well, right? Yeah, but I don't, it's like I'll be surprised if management, not management. Ownership in Calgary loves Daryl Sutter. Loves I feel like him. the players just hate him, though, right? And the players like, hate him. But I almost feel like ownership's going to have more allegiance to Sutter. Yeah. And then Tree Living, they they ate shit this year. I think his hand was forced. He hasn't done it. He's also I mean, a lame duck those GM contracts. Too, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he had to do that. It was just like when the Canucks have had lame duck coaches in the past and lame duck DM. G- GMs. Yeah. Um, I got distracted by Kiki there as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think he did the only thing he could have done when he lost those two players, when Goudreau and, and Kachuk, which was double down. And I think, like, there were so many people that thought they were going to do well, and by all rights, they should have. And then the other thing with Sutter, if they keep him, he's like, it's the exact same thing that happened in LA. And like, you're right. The, the players obviously seem to hate his guts. The players so, hate him. The fans hate him. Like everyone is tired of him. It, I mean, I, I hope they keep him. Please keep yeah, him another year. Very funny. Well, my hope is they make him GM, and oh, then he brings God. in another. They've coach. They've done that before, haven't they? 
I believe he did GM for a while. Yeah. And I think he was like okay at it, but all, like, yeah. man, just keep him. Just keep him. Did whatever he do you both do. for like a season or half a I season feel like or something? He, I feel like he did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up, but I, I think you're right. Um, man, it's, it's just, it is nice seeing um, another team fuck up really bad because look, it, I don't feel good about where the Canucks are necessarily, but like, you know, our last few episodes, a lot of copium, obviously. I'm, I'm not feeling as bad about them. And I think part of that is just me being so like, I saw people getting mad that they won against Anaheim yesterday. Right. And look, I get it. Yeah. But it's just like, at this point, how do you have the energy to care anymore? Just, just we're operate under the assumption that they're going to fuck things up. They're going to do the, the worst possible thing, at the worst possible time. And that that's all you can do. Like, I, I, I'm not saying like, don't be mad. I mean, you you can be mad at this team and I, and I don't blame you obviously, but it's just for me personally, I'm just like, I'm so, it's like a decade of this, right? I just like, can't, I can't work up the energy to do it anymore. You know, it, it depends on my mood of the day because the, what they've done is confounding. Yes. Right. Like every other team, uh, with <laughs> this position around like Washington, Detroit, St. Louis, Nashville, they all saw great draft, generational talent. We should not fucking, you know, try and win to build a winning culture going into the offseason or whatever dumbass excuse that they gave. Like the only coach that was fired in the season was Boudreaux. Yeah. Like the Canucks are 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 zagging when everyone's zigging. And it's really maybe, arrogant. Maybe and it'll fucking work annoying, this time, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll work this time, right? And so you can focus in on that and focus in on the, the explanation that like <laughs> You know, Steve Eiserman doesn't know about building a winning culture or <laughs> Barry Trotz doesn't know about like it, it's very frustrating. Like Durant had a like a great half hour rant about it yeah. on uh, Canucks Talk today. Uh so I won't regurgitate uh too much of it. But then on the other hand, you like what you said, right? Like obviously it's a really poorly ran franchise in Vancouver with yeah. meddlesome ownership that only cares about making the playoffs. Yeah. And thus they're just gonna make short sided moves to make the playoffs until the end of time and if you accept that it makes life a lot easier yeah like yeah it's you have to you have, just to, just for your mental health at this point you have to be like they're gonna do the wrong thing almost every single time right like that's all you can do i'm already operating on the assumption that they're trading their first round pick this year like so so then if they okay, don't yeah, if ahead. they don't i'm like pleasantly surprised you know what i mean like yeah like i've said this about the cup finals like they were up to nothing and everyone that i knew was like you must be so excited i'm like oh no 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 you just wait uh and i was unfortunately proven correct uh another thing that happened in that the anaheim ducks game is that elias Pettersson scored his 100th point right which was and 101st which is very i mean very cool. first yeah which is very cool it's great to see that for him it's a cool milestone it really does cement him as one of the league's top fours. Fours? Four words. He's so good, uh, man. He's so legit. Like, and he, it, it led me to a question I wanted to ask you. Like, what do you think is more frustrating yeah. for the Canucks this season? Because I think it's two two things. It is it what I was talking about before, not fully committing to a tank when you have a generational talent who's a super fan of your team. Um, and then even if you don't win, there's a ton of good players around them that you're probably out of the range of getting now. Yeah. Or is it that you have like such an incredible performance from Elias Pedersen and like a almost as good performance from, uh, Quinn Hughes and it's completely for fucking nothing. 
Uh, they're both pretty bad. I mean, it's it's just like it is so tough to look at like Pedersen having the best season since like the Sedins, basically. Um, and it's just it's for nothing. It's a total total waste. And in fact, it's just like a bad thing because it just raises his price, and the season was a, a, a huge write off, right? So it's just. It, it hurts you in the future in a way, and it's just like... I mean, obviously, it doesn't hurt having a good player, but in terms of like yeah. contract negotiations, it does. Uh, but I think it's just it's just not going for Bedard, or at least not going for one of those like top five or six guys. Like, you had the opportunity. You could have shut down Demko, you know? You, you could have... You could have tanked harder, really. It, the option yeah. was there to do that, and it seemed like it was going to happen for a month there. Um, so to me, that one hurts more. Uh, because this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they're gonna waste more seasons yeah. from from Pedersen and Hughes. Um, yeah, that's. I think that's probably the correct take. I just I remember going into the season. If you can like go on your way back machine like that, it. Boudreaux was saying if we don't make the playoffs, it's going to be a disaster. There were very high expectations for the team, so I think starting off how they did is. This master level. I think it's disappointing how they played this year, but like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think they're going to, so they'll probably end up picking like 10th overall or something. I guess the one yes. thing we can, we can say is that they are at the very least guaranteed a shot at Bedard, which is nice, but it's yeah, just like, and, <sighs> so they dropped from 6% to three and a half percent. Yeah. Um, there is a chance. Let's look at the points. Okay, like if they lose, uh, if they lose to Arizona, they, right? They can if they if they yeah if they lose to Arizona and then Detroit and Washington win their last games, I think they can finish eighth. I don't know who has the tiebreaker between them and, and Washington, but yeah, Detroit could overtake them, and if they beat Detroit. They would need, they could fall to eleventh if St. Louis doesn't. Uh, doesn't are is St. Louis winning right now? Actually, uh, anyways, uh, whatever. It's going to be between uh, eight and eleventh unless they they win the lottery, right? And so your Bedard odds fluctuate between six percent and three percent, which in the grand scheme of things isn't that big of a deal yeah. the biggest deal is like the lost opportunity of like being out of zach benson range and probably being out of ryan backer range etc cetera, etc cetera. um they, they are gonna win and get and get bedard though man that would uh, be so I, I mean this team fucking deserve well the, okay the team doesn't deserve it the fan base deserves the fans it just to be clear. deserve it I, okay I, we're, we're at the time I, of I just, year where i did like eight sims and got second okay we're at the time of year yeah, where like i think that down goes brown usually writes for uh, an article for the athletic where it's like which team deserves bedard the most and like i mean look the team and the organization doesn't at all they probably deserve him the least after chicago but the fan base no one comes close. I'm sorry. This, we deserve this him fan the base most. deserves Bedard more than any other fan base, and it's not particularly close at all. <laughs> sorry, there's no. I mean, I do want to talk about also that that Pittsburgh is. Have they officially missed the playoffs yet, or is it no? Like, so I am. I'm. I have the game on my second monitor right okay. now. Uh, so if New York gets at least a point, yeah, they qualify for the playoffs. There's okay. like three minutes left, and they're up four two. Okay, and they're playing Montreal. Okay, so. So Islanders will make it the looks playoffs like most likely. It looks like the Islanders are going to make the playoffs. And Pittsburgh so that, will miss that, the playoffs. That's good. It means we didn't miss out on a 
Yeah, although it would have been funny if they missed the playoffs after the Bo Horvat thing. Um, that, yes, that would have been. Which, uh, yeah. So, uh, do you want to get into Bo Horvat now, or do you want to do Pittsburgh? Well, I do just want to say, and I know we have some Pittsburgh fans in the Discord, and I think they understand, like, that they really have no right to complain about anything. Yeah. I mean, I understand in the moment and stuff, especially losing 5-2 to Chicago. That's, that's pretty bad. And I think, I, I, it's hard to say this as, the, as a fan of the Vancouver Canucks, but they, they were briefly good for a few years. And, like, it does suck when they just start sucking ass, right? Because Yeah, yeah, like when they got swept against... Uh... San Jose, yeah, and it was it was L.A. than San Jose, right? And, yeah. yeah, and they essentially haven't been like an actual threat to win anything since then, and that's such a bad feeling. But I think the thing with Pittsburgh is that you know that even if they so they're missing the playoffs this year, they'll probably miss the playoffs next year, but maybe they won't. Who knows? But I think at at worst you're looking at like two years out of the playoffs, and then you guys are going to get a first overall pick. Like it's just going to happen. That's how it works. Yeah, I'm not saying it's rigged. I'm saying you're one of the luckiest teams in pro sports, right? So. You just just take take a couple of years off, you know. Yeah, you so got nothing they, to worry they about. lost that game yesterday. Yeah, it, once again in the Discord, this was linked. Um, patreon.com slash I hate this team for that. Uh, and it was this guy, and I should have known better than to engage when this handle was at OT Selly. Yeah, it shows you the type of person we're dealing with here. Yeah, but <laughs> it's got like those, uh, what do you call those brackets that have like little Alfred Hitchcock nose in them? Oh. Uh, you know those things yeah. anyways it's like turned on its side yeah, yeah. and there's a small one it says oh boy i'm excited to watch my favorite team play with nothing above it and then there's a bigger one with a penguins logo above it that says i'm going to kill myself with the caption fire hextall and sullivan <laughs> and it made me so mad and i had to, I had to quote tweeter acting brand new because you might not make the playoffs for the first time in 17 years yeah and then i did like the pointing and cry laugh emoji yeah and oh, they were come on, to you. man. Yeah, they did. I, uh, I just saw this. That's very funny. And it got 18 faves somehow, which is weird because like the guy didn't like self retweet it and he didn't quote tweet me. Yeah, but I, maybe, maybe OT Selly is a big mover in the Pittsburgh market. Like he hasn't ratioed me, which is good. Yeah, but uh, anywho. Well, I, considering they haven't won anything under Sully since 2018. Since 2018? Five <laughs> years? Since fi- five years? <laughs> and XL built possibly the worst team in the Crosby era. Yes. I know you're used to mediocrity in Vancouver, but we aren't. Oh, I mean, I I really do hope Pittsburgh misses the playoffs for the next Yeah, like, they just missed the playoffs. Years. Fuck you. Oh, that's so Eat good. Eat my ass. That's so good. Stupid loser. Oh, um, that's so good. Oh, cry more. Yeah, Rene Bork uh, commented with wow, which kind of summed up my thoughts perfectly. <laughs> um, I'm going to favor that from my personal account, too. Like, give me a goddamn break, man. There's, I, I, we've talked about it before. I think Buffalo fans, I'll listen to them, bitch, because it's been, what, 12 years without them being in the playoffs? Yeah, and they've, they've, I mean, they've won the draft lottery three or four times, but they've never won a cup, yeah. obviously, and they've been screwed over in, in, in the final before. So I get that. I think we're at the point where Toronto fans are maybe allowed to complain as yep. well. Um, I would say Ottawa fans, certainly San Jose fans. I think we're at yep. that point now. Um, San Jose came so close, right? Oh yeah, and Ottawa did too. So so yeah. Ottawa, San Jose. Um, I mean, honestly, like Nashville has been around for like almost twenty five years at this point, maybe even twenty five years. I think they joined the league in like ninety eight. So mm-hmm. I'd say Nashville's allowed to complain too. Um, Columbus and and Minnesota too. 
I mean, yeah. To be honest, I think I I would say they're at the point where they're allowed to complain. Winnipeg. Oh, Winnipeg for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they lost their team, right? And then yeah, yeah. Winnipeg they came definitely. Back and no one wants to play there. Um, I think that's it. Maybe right. I mean, yeah, Seattle and it. Vegas have nothing to complain about anyway. No. Um, Minnesota. Minnesota and Columbus, I think, are allowed to. Did you, yeah? Did you say Col- yeah? Because they've been around for twenty plus years. I think once you hit twenty plus years of nothing, I think you're allowed to complain. Yeah. And just to be uh, clear, twenty plus years of like nothing ever. Not twenty plus yeah, years since the I, last time you won. I, I think that um, Florida, the, I think, is allowed to complain. Yeah, F- Florida. They had such a long time without like a playoff series win. Yep. It was like ninety five to last year. Yeah, it was like a ton of missed playoffs. I, I think the fans with the most cause to complain are, are Buffalo and Vancouver, and Vancouver. because yeah. most recent failing across the board uh, on top of like a long history of failing. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, if you've made the playoffs 17 years in a row, or I guess 16 years in a row, haha, that no shot you get to complain about barely missing once. Go to hell. I just, uh, yeah. I mean, I, and I, I think what fans of good teams will say when they, when they complain is they'll say stuff like, Oh, like we're not used to being bad. So we're complaining that we're not good anymore. And I'm sorry. That's no. Cause, cause you're, you're implying that your complaining is like the same as our complaining. You know what I mean? You have not earned yeah. any sort of complaining yet. I mean, you I was know? certainly complaining when the Canucks were really good and losing to Chicago in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. But it's like different. You have that's to be a, self-aware about it. That's a different it. type of complaint. Yeah. And also, sorry, if your team has won, again, I've said this before, if your team has won anything ever, let alone five years ago, two in a row. Sorry. Yeah, and you've and you've had Malkin, Crosby, Yager, and Lemieux on your team at any point from the time I was like fucking born. Since before that, right? Like Lemieux debuted in what, eighty seven? Yeah, I mean it's eighty six or eighty seven. Yeah, like it's just Yeah, so like thirty five years. Oh poor souls, eh? Man. Uh, but yeah, Islanders have won, so they're officially in the playoffs. It'll be cool to see Horvat compete yep. in the playoffs with fans. Uh, he did have that that quote about... It was kind of weird. They were doing one of those little skate off the ice, but still on TV things. Yeah. She asked the, the interviewer, like, what... Uh, how does this compare to playoff pushes you've experienced in the past? Like, how is this, this atmosphere? And he said... I'll tell you this for free. It sure beats Vancouver. No, I'll tell you it sure beats Vancouver. I'll tell you that for free. Yeah. Which I don't know. The question was framed kind of weird, but also didn't sound like he had to bring up Vancouver. And my initial reaction was like, bro, we've been hurt enough. Yeah. It was just kind of like, come on, man. Come on. Come on, dude. I do kind of like the heel turn. Oh yeah. And then he like apologized for it after, which was funny. Yeah. And I think the, the biggest takeaway or the most fun takeaway is that he apologized to, the city of Vancouver, yeah. his teammates and the fans, nothing to be said about the organization. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, read into that what you will. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be apologizing to the organization if I were him. And also, I would be doing a victory lap if asked about it because, yeah, like you p- picked the other guy instead of me and now I'm over here in the playoffs making more money. Fuck y'all. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I totally... Yeah. I mean, he, look, I it's it's weird because like... It's not his fault that the team sucked, but also like on one level, like you were the captain. So like, you know, I, I, I'm not like, obviously you're not going to drag this roster into the playoffs, you know? Um, 
but it is funny to be like, yeah, it's not like the other team I used to be captain of, you know, that, that shit sucked. Yeah. Right? Um, but I don't blame him for saying that at all. And like, obviously he does hate management and ownership and, um, which is, I mean, more power to him. Um, and they're in the playoffs now and I guess they'll be playing. Are they playing the Rangers? Maybe I think the matchups are still to be determined. So, um, Man, I'm I'm the, like excited for playoff hockey this year. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a fun time. Anyone yeah, anyone but Edmonton, basically. Like I wouldn't even mind Boston winning necessarily at this point. I mean, I I don't want them to, but it's like Edmonton is I'm a, so far removed from I guess they yeah. still have Marshawn, but before we move on from Horvat, yeah. I, I did want to bring up the thing that irritated me the most about all of that wasn't anything that Horvat said. It was Dan Riccio trying to dunk on him saying the Canucks were minus 26 at five on five when Horvat was on the ice during his Canucks career. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he was also a top 10 point producer for the Canucks and his past guest friend of the show, Jackson McDonald pointed out the Canucks were overall minus 184 from 2014 to 2022. Yeah, it wasn't like, what's your fault. point? And why are you bringing up plus minus in fucking uh, 2023, the year of our Lord? Really stupid, really bad. Um, Hey, speaking of uh, stupid sports media takes. Did ah, you, yes. Did you see yes. Sam Cosentino's latest rankings? They have. Uh, uh, bit, I saw one of them. Well, th- it's been updated <laughs> during our recording. Oh, for real? Did yeah. they take out the. They the... took out the Matvey Michkov thing. Bummer. Which originally read. So this is Sam Cosentino, uh, who, if you don't know, uh, is the Sportsnet like prospect writer. Yeah. And... Well, and congratulations to you if you don't know who Sam Constantino is, because oh. it means you haven't watched the Sports Night panels his... uh, this season. He is the <laughs> stupidest fucker of all of them. I just um... I love the idea of being someone who's like really into like NHL prospects and the draft and everything, but not enough to like pay two dollars a month for the Athletic to get like actual like good content and just be like, I'm just gonna read like one sentence about, about a player, you know, but Matt V. Mitchkov was number three on his list above Leo Carlson. Uh, and, and what he wrote, uh, for his little blurb, and this is a very little blurb. What impact will the unfortunate and tragic passing of his father have on the player moving forward? I mean, that's pretty tasteless. Yeah, no, that's really bad. Uh, (laughs) it like, it, it it's insane that that's the only sentence that he wrote about yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly. I that. could I could almost forgive it if it was you know part of a a, a greater question about like sure the NHL and, and his development blah blah blah. And that's the type but, of question that like NHL teams probably will bring up in interviews with absolutely, him. Absolutely, know? yeah. But but just for to, say, to be the hey, only his thing. Dad died. How about that? Yeah. Anyways, so Zach it, Benson. It's since changed to. Undeniably, still one of the most skilled players in his class. <laughs> Even less information there, and I do, I do have a bit that I want to do here, which is I'm going to read yes. um, Scott Wheeler's write up of a player, and then I'm going to read Sam Cosentino's write up of a player. All okay? right, let's do it. So this is from the Athletic. This is the March draft ranking from Scott Scott Wheeler. Go subscribe uh, to the Athletic if if you don't. There's always like deals going on, but their NHL draft stuff is really really good. Um, here's a, here's a bit of a sneak preview, but I'm going to read, uh, number five, Will Smith. And this is what Scott Wheeler has to say. A brilliant handler and manipulator of the puck, including at full speed. Smith is a tantalizing and slippery talent who blends deception, baits, and fakes with his eyes, shoulders, and head into his movements to not just make opposing players miss, but often send them the wrong way. 
Crafty is the best word to describe his game. He's gone from point-per-game U17 season, the only player on that team to do so, to nearly two points per game in his U18 campaign. Beyond his natural skill and possession, he also impresses with his smarts with the puck, his cerebral play style, and his ability to play to his linemates. Smith is one of the very best slot passers in the draft and uses his unique puck-handling ability to dodge closeouts, weave off of the wall, and make plays through holes in coverage and possession with ease, regularly hanging onto pucks to delay his way into his spots or carve in. He's the kind of player who can beat you with a pass, a dangerous wrister. In fact, while he has played facilitator so often in games this year, he's got an excellent wrister while moving, or a deke. He's also well regarded as a great kid who is easy to coach and understands what's required of a center. He's a treat to watch in possession and processes the game at such an advanced and rapid level. The way he wheels across the top of the circles and play makes from the high slot is special. The way he walks through coverage and hangs onto pucks is special. There's just this elusiveness to his game where you never know where he's going with the puck. I like the way he has learned to hunt and come up with pucks too. I'll be shocked if he doesn't become a playmaking top six center and PP1 creator. Uh, and here is Sam Cosentino's uh, write-up of Will Smith. Has a, has a bubbly personality to go along with world-class skill. Makes plays and has excellent finishing touch. <laughs> now, granted, hey. with The Athletic, you're, that's what you're paying for, right? Yeah. But, I mean, that is... He's doing... Woof. This is like the one thing he writes like a month, I think, right? Like, yeah, yeah, what, what are we doing so. here? It's, and, now, it's, and he does... So he does the top 32 players in the draft his ranking, right? And like, it's one to two sentences for each one and it tells you nothing at all. The Will Smith thing that Scott Wheeler wrote, wrote up, it's like, oh, I can like <laughs> picture this player in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Oh. Now, I, there's, I want to do a couple more of these. So, okay. a couple players in the, well, where are the Canucks right now? They're, uh, right now they're like 10th, 10th, or 10th I think, but I think St. 10th. Louis has won, so that might, they might get pushed down to 11th. We'll see. St. Louis won, or they? Oh, sorry, they lost. They lost. They yeah. lost. Yeah. Uh, b -b 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 well, they're tied in points currently. Yeah. So, but I think if Vancouver wins, they, tomorrow... they actually have identical records right okay. now: thirty-seven, thirty-seven, and seven. Um. Anywho, uh, so are, wait, are, are say, the Canucks playing 10th. tomorrow or on Friday? It's tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think there's only one game on Friday. The Buffalo Sabers play okay. somebody, but. Uh, who, who does the athletic have at number 10? Uh, let's see here. At number 10, and this is from early March, so things could have changed, but number 10, yeah. they have, uh, and I believe it's pronounced Edward Shala, I think is how it's pronounced. Okay. Okay, let's, what, what, what do they have to say about him? Uh, it was tricky evaluating and contextualizing Shala last season when he was above two points per game, 99 and 44, in Czechia's top junior league, doing things that had never been done and smashing and even doubling in some cases the production of recent top Czech players at the same age, including first rounders like Jakub Voracek and Tomas Hurdle. But after looking like one of the most talented players in Germany for U18 Worlds and then in Red Deer for the Hlinka Gretzky Cup and now producing in the Czech Extraliga, he looks closer to a special Czech talent with real top 10 aspirations than he does to an interesting prospect who torched a bad league. He's a smooth skater who is noticeable in transition for both his ability to weave up ice and facilitate and also his ability to create breakaways for himself and beat goalies one-on-one. -on -one. He's got superb vision and ranks among the best in his class at dissecting coverage as a passer. I love him on the half wall slash point on the PP with his ability to hit east-west seams. He just seems to see every lane and opening. He can slow it down and pick things apart or hurry up his passes through holes. He has shown a knack for making big plays at big moments. He's also a dexterous player who has good size, which will fill out. 
He can beat you on the perimeter with his skill, highlighted by excellent one-on-one hands on defenders. There are some who'd like to see him get to the guts of the ice and battle a little more. He glides a little too much off the puck offensively and defensively. When he does go there too, I've seen him show that dexterity he has getting sticks on tips and redirects. He can definitely drift a little at 5-on-5, five five, but his eyes light up and his head swivels when the puck lands on his stick, and skill plays against the grain usually follow. He's got poise and patience on the puck, he's got a great release, and while he'll fade in stretches, the talent level is clear. With a little more consistency and some maturity, there's a top six playmaking winger there. Right. I mean, that's so a Sam great write-up Const- right there. Yeah, yeah. So Sam Constantino has him ranked at 12 and says, uh, inconsistency in play and effort have given many scouts pause on this player. Having said that, he reads the play well, finds quiet ice, and knows where to go to create offense. And looking, uh, at, looking at like what he's written, that's like close to the most he wrote about any player. Yeah, where's... Uh, I saw a really funny one here. Um, oh, man. Damn it. Because it, it, he was he was writing like a caveman. Oh well, there was one where there's all like there's all these. It's the Dvorsky one, I think, where there's all these extra commas for some reason. Oh yes, yeah. Unlike <laughs> others, comma he didn't see regular time in the SHL, comma Alsvenska production was good, comma not great, comma but with his peers, comma he's in an impact player. So that's like three sentences, sentence. I think. Like <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there's an extra comma coming up here too. Actually, after this next one, if you want. So scouts must decipher, comma. Which level of play is most indicative of future success? Here, okay. Here's here's one that I would okay. I'm gonna I gotta look up and see what Wheeler wrote about. Uh, let's see, Oliver Bonk, who he's got at 56. Uh, he didn't actually do a write up. He only did a write up for the the top 32, but he does have Oliver okay. Bonk ranked at 36. But this is Sam Cosentino's Oliver Bonk write up. There is a wide range of thought on this player, but notwithstanding late season fatigue, he's earned enough in the regular season to garner top 20 discussion. He's got him at 19. Just saying, just saying, like uh, nothing. Just saying, like uh, people have opinions about this guy. (laughs) Oh my god, man! Like Um, any of us could do any of you or I could do this. Any of our listeners could do this job. This is so funny. Like, uh, I mean, so in our in in our Slack for our fantasy hockey league, whenever he comes out with new rankings, we'll just like roast them because, like, we know more about these players than he does. I feel like you know. Okay, I found the one I wanted to read. So it's for Ryan Leonard. A rugged player with a motor that doesn't quit. This is my favorite sentence. Competes as hard as he shoots it. <laughs> is one of the oh. elite shooters available this year. Man. Oh, here's the David Reinbacher one is good because he spells suitors wrong. There's a short gap to the next best defenseman. So there will be a number of suitors spelled with an E inside of 10 that should be willing to make a jump. Yeah, they're just, they're dressing them to the nines. The guy in the oh. John Wick movie. Or I'm, I get mean, the bulletproof suit. Yeah, this is so, I mean. Are we, yeah, it was John Wick. That also happened in the Kingsman. Continue. Yeah. Well, I know I, um, Jackson McDonald, uh, previous guest on this show, will always kind of go through all of these on, on Twitter and stuff, but he must be having mm-hmm. a field day with this one because like, this is just, I mean, look, if you just want to know a general idea, I guess, of like where players are ranked and like, fine. But like, at that point, you don't even need the write-up really. Just have the yeah. names there, right? Like, just look at the the list. This write-up is just like so. It's just like if you some, want a free one, like uh, Bob McKenzie's, right? Oh, Craig Button, even you know, like, like yeah. There's lots of free ones that are oh, like oh, great segue. Oh yes, Stefan. Okay, because I wanted to talk because we are like at the end of the season. There's the one game against Arizona, which yeah. really will only affect if they draft with a three percent or a three and a half percent to get Bedard. Realistically, um. What do you think is the funniest take of the season? Because I was, 
My funniest take of last season, mm-hmm. with EP40 getting 100 points, was Craig Button in December on the Donnie and Dolly show came on and said they should trade Pedersen when he was at his absolute lowest value. Yeah. In order to re-sign JT Miller oh. because JT Miller is a leader oh. who can point produce oh. and is the type of player that you win with. And I mean, he didn't say that uh, Pedersen is like a pussy European or whatever, but I mean, awful take. And like, this is a man that was a general manager of an NHL team and like a prospect uh, guru for was it TSN? Is he TSN? He's but- TSN, I think. And I, I will say, I mean, obviously, he, I and John Cullen has pointed this out before, but one thing Button does is he'll he'll make a couple like absolutely insane ranking decisions. Um, kind of just because if he gets one or two of those right, it's like really impressive. And I will say the one that I am impressed with is when he ranked Vertanen like 48th overall or something oh, in his draft damn. year, which Good is like, him. hey, you nailed that one, Craig. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give you that one. Um, um, yeah, I think he's with he's with TSN. Yeah, but yeah, it was making me wonder like, what's the funniest take from this season? This has been a long season. Some things have aged poorly, mm-hmm. and for me, it was all the people in like November that were saying you have to start Martin over Demko and like just roll with Martin as the starter. He's way better. Look how many more games they're winning with him when they had almost identical counting stats and Martin was just getting better goal support. Like they were scoring five instead of four while they're both goalies were letting in five goals every game. God. Yeah. I, so I, I misunderstood. I, so I thought you meant like come up with my own funny take, which oh, I did. Yeah. I mean, Hey, um, but it. I can try and think <laughs> of some of like, there have been some really, really stupid takes this year. Obviously I think just well, well, in, what's in, your funny take on the season. My funny take on the season is, uh, and this, this kind of goes back a few years, but I think it's good that they drafted Ulevi instead of Kachuk, because if they drafted Kachuk, he would have demanded a trade. They would have had to trade him for Huberdo, and then they'd be saddled with the Huberdo contract. So, okay. So the Ulevi pick That's was the right positive. pick. That's um, pretty I'll say there was one going around the other day, and it was like a very pro-Benning poster, and he posted something about how he explained to his daughter that... Like you could basically, he he explained oh, why tanking yeah, was bad yeah, yeah. to his daughter, and his daughter was like, "Why would you ever lose on purpose? That doesn't make any sense." Um, and yeah, it was, it's like when your four year old starts talking about Kamala Harris on exactly. the way home from preschool. It was the, it was the hockey version of that, and I will say at least with like the political ones, usually like the opinions are like good. You know what I mean? It's like a fine opinion to have for the most part. Like, generally speaking, it, it's like, oh, my, my three-year-old said, like, why don't people have health care, daddy? You know, it's like, okay, well, that didn't happen. But if it did, your kid is right. Yeah. Um, but in this case, it was basically like, oh, why would you ever lose on purpose? You should always try and build a winning culture. And uh, I, was, I was at my barber shop and all the buzz around there was that you need a winning culture going into next season. <laughs> oh, uh, God, man. <laughs> I, yeah, that's that's the one that stuck with me. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, if we're going back a couple of seasons, it is very funny seeing the Andrew Walker post going around again. And oh yeah, about uh, sending him down to the AHL. Well, best mode was uh, let me let me see if I can find them. Actually, <laughs> he had some really good ones. Uh, some some Pedersen uh screenshots here. Uh, that I think he was posting yesterday or today. Um, from and the the thing that's good about this is that it's from like really pro bending guys who so like they're basically like professionally wrong about everything. 
And they could have been right about Pedersen here, but they chose not. Like, it's incredible to be pro-Canuck everything, Canucks can do no wrong, and still somehow be wrong about Pedersen. Like, <laughs> right? how do you take that L? How do you do that? So there's there's some, and I won't name names here, um, but Elias Pedersen may as well be Louis Erickson at the five-on-five level. Uh, Pedersen sure doesn't care, so why should we? That's that's a reply. Elias Pedersen is not an NHL forward. Uh, Woof. Hey, I have an idea. How about we trade Pedersen to the Rangers for whatever have you and keep the clearly superior player? Um, and I think that was a, uh, in reference to JT button. Miller, I think. Yeah. And there's a bunch more of these. It's just, it's so funny. And look, these guys can like post as much as they want. And I think a few of them have me blocked anyway. So like, whatever. But like, at some point, do, do you ever sit down and say to yourself, boy, I've been wrong about everything. I have uh, all of my opinions about hockey have been incorrect going on a decade now. Uh, just just the social media ones. Obviously, the ones before were probably wrong too, but but no one really heard those, right? Like you have your you have a decade worth of posts where it's like, oh, you were wrong about this. You were wrong about this. You were wrong about this. Oh, you were wrong about this. Oh yeah, and this one too. Uh yeah, this one as well. Yeah, no, Philip Larson is not a good defenseman. You were wrong about that. Like at at some point. You just have to stop like having opinions, right? Like I, I don't, I just don't understand the mindset of like always. I guess it's just the mentality of like never examining yourself, basically, or your opinions, right? Yeah, yeah. No, you're just this memory of a goldfish type <laughs> shit, right? And uh-huh. now, now, like those are the same people that like when you say you can't re- rebuild or whatever, it's or 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 you cast any doubt whatsoever about the Canucks' ability to make the playoffs next year, and it's. <laughs> Well, Pedersen and Hughes and Demko, they're going to make it yeah. as if they didn't have those players already this year. <sighs> or that like, God. oh, it was Boudreaux's fault. They weren't playing with enough structure. As well, if Boudreaux doesn't know how I'll, to win in the regular I'll say, season. I'll say this. Like, I guess I've seen like, like people have been have been talking about this this new player, uh, Hirose. Um, yep. Who? Oh, yeah. We haven't really talked about him on the podcast yeah. for our travel schedule. Very he's small cool. sample size, like six or seven games, I think. Right. But he's mm-hmm. looked really good. Yeah, totally. He has three assists. He had that really nice stretch pass to Kuzmenko. That uh, was dope. In the game against Anaheim. Like, that's that was yeah. incredible. That was so good. So, like, if they found something here, you know what I mean? If they have a top four. I mean, even if he's just top six, but I think, I think the top probably four a number five D man. Oh, like, that's realistically. That's but great. like, I mean, that's so that's such a huge win for them, right? Like that's exact, and that's like basically what we've discussed. This is like they need to hit on like if they if they take like ten swings on on free agents, college free agents, undrafted free agents, what have you. They have to hit on like fifty percent of those, I think, for a chance yeah. to make the playoffs next year. So I will say this is a good start because you know who else looks pretty good. And granted, this is garbage time. Who knows? But Cole McWard doesn't look that bad either. Yeah. I but, mean, I don't know if he'll be like day one NHL next year. No, but, but having that extra depth hell. is nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, he's like perfectly serviceable. Yeah. Again, so, like you said, garbage time. Garbage time. It's uh, hard to judge. Hirose definitely looks better. Um, but it is it is nice to see. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, take these no, wins I, where I can get them. You know? One thing I'm, I'm curious to see for next season or hope to see next season is a Hirose Hronik pairing. Yes. I think that would be I think that would be good. Great name pairing too, I got Yeah, say. definitely. Um and then you play I mean, are they, somebody uh, hopefully with, they resign Bear, you know? I mean Yeah, and then you can do your your Bear Hughes and then uh Hronik Hirose, yeah, Hirose Hronik. 
Holy and then, I cannot stop getting griefed by cats. Oh, I'm, Jesus this, I'm loving this. <laughs> Ga- I guess Gavrikov, if they sign him. Um, I really hope they don't, man. Uh, okay, I know. Wolanin? Yeah, Wolanin. I mean, I, they've got some options. I, I just, it does, one thing that is nice going into this offseason is it does seem like a foregone conclusion that like, hey, we won't have to watch OEL or Myers anymore. We're done with that. Yeah, like, I, I mean, we'll, we'll get into this a bit more on the Patreon, I think, but... The, oh, yeah, because we're going to do our, Ekman, our power, our, yeah. our wish ranking. Power thing. wishes. Yes. We're going to be doing some power ranking of our wishes uh, for the offseason going into the next year. But with Ekman Larson, the team, like, they paid a second-round pick, so they didn't have to pay Dickinson as much money. Like, that was purely a saving money from ownership move. Yeah. it Like, them buying out four years of a $7 million remaining contract, right, seems so highly unlikely. Like, the only precedent for that was the compliance buyout for Ballard, and that was a compliance buyout, right? Yeah. So, I... I fear that they want to run it back with him, but he was just so bad, like so unequivocally bad this year that like, I don't know how you do that with the goal is to make the playoffs. Like he made everyone around him that much worse. So like competitively, I think you need to get rid of him by whatever means necessary. Yeah. I, I just think he's a step behind and he's not going to get it back. And he's just the, the anomaly was last season where he was like, Okay, he like Alex Edler. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, man, yeah. I, so I, I, that's maybe I think the most interesting thing. And also, they need cap space, right? And it's the only one that like they can control. Yes, they can and go they can in get cap day space one right now. Yeah, get it immediately and pay for it later, which they love uh, reaping. I mean, no, they love see, sowing. I mean, we will they again, sowing. like they you said, we'll, reap. We'll we'll talk about this. Uh, on on the bonus episode, but um, yeah. I mean, I I do hope they they trade Miller too, but that's that's maybe that's yeah. a, that's a dream. I mean, I don't know that that's I don't know. That yeah, that's but like happen. with like you know the other players that you would imagine they want to get rid of pretty desperately, and like Myers and like Besser Garland, um, OEL is the only one that you can absolutely guarantee that you get it, and then get your seven million dollars of cap relief next season. Yeah, and then. I mean, Myers has only one year left, but the bonus is in September, so the trading team would also have to like take the bonus unless they're trading him in September, which seems very unlikely with how the league tends to work. Uh, and like he has his no movement clause or no trade clause, right? It's like a limited so, one. I think it's like ten teams. Yeah, but it's a ten team. His agent will be like, smart, you know. Like he's going to yeah, put teams he, with cap space on there that he doesn't want to go like, to. He loves BC. Like he makes a summer home in Kelowna. Yeah. He's like a family man by all accounts. So like, he's not gonna want to move, especially not at the end of a contract, yeah. right? I mean, probably so, not unless unless there's like a legit good team that wants him as like a sixth defenseman or something, right? But yeah, like, that for some reason was on there, like, you know, yeah, that was on his no movement to list. If he's doing it like strategically to like stay in Vancouver, like, type so of thing. the one thing. I will, and I've said this about this management group already several times, but like the fact that we're even talking about them trading Myers or buying out OEL, like if this was, if, if Benning was still here, 
We're talking about them re-signing Myers and still playing OEL, right? Like we've been so hurt by betting, dude. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> fucked. We're, we're we've got just this. We're like still our, talking about our bitch ex girlfriend. Our, our expectations are so fucking low for this team right now, and and like I don't know. I'm I'm excited for the draft, even though I think they're going to trade their pick. The lottery is like. It's like the day after I get back from Taiwan. I'm going to be so fucking oh, out nice. of it. That's, oh my God, yeah. dude. I just, I mean, we're at the point now for the lottery where the big thing for me is not the Canucks winning, which I mean, I, there's a, I guess there's a chance it could happen, but um, the big thing for me is as anyone, Chicago but, anyone but Chicago at this point. Yeah. Like I, I, I look at the list of teams that could win and like, it would be annoying to see St. Louis or Washington get rewarded after winning so recently. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I don't, I don't, I, it, it would, it's like, whatever, you know what I mean? And also I, I just could, want is Vancouver. Let's yeah, go. Like Bedard playing Woo! with, there you go. Bedard playing with Ovechkin would be cool. Uh, Bedard playing with St. Louis would be cool because he would probably leave after seven years. Um, so, uh, you know, there's, there's positives to, to all of them except for Chicago. Cause I think if he went to Chicago, it's a cool place to live. It's got a lot of history. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of original winning history. Team. It's an original six team. I don't think he'd leave Chicago. You know? So I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to wish that he's a, or like pray that he's a principled man. That <sighs> uh, I hope so. And like enough of a Canucks fan at heart that as a 25 year old man or whatever he'll be, he'd be <laughs> willing to, uh, <laughs> to move, go back home to his, uh, to his damn roots. Yeah. Uh, here's something uh, like else has been in the news of the Canucks this week, a more minor story. Mm-hmm. But Tanner Pearson has had six to seven surgeries. Yeah. And it is currently unclear if he will be able to come back next year. Now, yeah, it's rough. I, I hope mm-hmm. that he comes back for two reasons. Seems like a nice guy, consummate professional. Like, it would really suck to see his career end this way. Also, it'd be very good hubris for the Canucks uh, to have to, like, wrestle with him coming back with how poorly they've mismanaged the cap and have just been signing and acquiring wingers like they're going out of style. Yeah. Because just, like, the projections for next year's cap, that's all not including his, like, $3.25 million. Same with Tucker Pullman, right? Like he could conceivably be back next year. Man, he, that would fuck if, them over so bad. It would fuck them over so bad. And like, yes, I want them to make the playoffs next year because the other options are more depressing, but they fucking deserve it. So yeah, I hope Pearson comes back. If he doesn't come back, however, you know there's going to be a big grievance with the NHLPA. Oh, yeah. That's going to be Especially with new leadership with yeah, the NHLPA, right? Rightfully right? so. I mean, so. It would also be nice to see the Canucks get their fucking Canuppins, their Canucks, Canucks up, Canucks, Canucks Pins, Pins? Can, Canucks up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for bungling it so bad. Uh, so I mean, I guess that's that's a positive. Either way, we're winning. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, he, I mean, hopefully, he comes back to play for his sake because it sucks, obviously. Yeah, but and then like, like, hopefully, he's as good as he was last season and like a good defensive I, driver, etc. I hope so. Um, God, dude. I mean, I look. I'm looking forward to, and you can quote me on this. I am looking forward to the off season tentatively, and we'll, yeah. we'll see how it goes. But there, I'm just looking forward to it because there presumably should be a lot of movement, which is always. I hope fun. it's bussing. 
they're going to give us a lot of stuff to talk about for at least a couple weeks, I think, which is nice, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. It's it going to be tough it, in the dog days. The dog days will be tough. We'll get by. It, it would suck if they were they did nothing in the offseason, right? But they're going to do enough moves that we'll be able to have a couple episodes to talk about stuff. You know what I mean? So, oh boy. Well, that's, oh, you know what? We should update the Taffer thing because people are oh, really about yeah. that. Yeah, we got some bad news. Yeah. He, John Taffer, I think, is on the enemy list. I think he, he is. Uh, once again, our cameo is expired. And I part of me thinks it'd be funny if me and John Taffer keep sending back the same, I think it's $384 uh, USD yeah, on PayPal. For like a year. I keep, for, yeah, just like keep requesting it. And every week it just doesn't happen. So I don't know if he's just not looking at his cameo or if he just doesn't want to make our cameo. I, maybe we do it like one more time, right? And then I think we try once more. It's possible he's just like not checking or whatever. It, yeah, it, but what I'm gonna I'm gonna look and see when when was his last his, cameo he did? Yeah, yeah. Are, do they have dates, or do I just have to remember it? I think they have dates. Maybe. Let's see. John Taffer on cameo. So. So the 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 newest one is uh. <laughs> Oh God! The newest one is it's like a college guy roasting his college buddy okay. from ASU about getting drunk on Ham's beer. Okay, and Taffer's like, "You couldn't get anything better than Ham's." Okay, so if that's still there next week, we'll that's the top idea. one. We'll yeah. just keep going. Is that him wearing but, the the brown shirt? Yeah, it's a burgundy shirt. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. That one does uh, seem new to me. I feel like I don't rec- uh, recognize that yeah, one Yeah, I feel like so. I don't recognize this either, but I'm going to write down for later the uh, John Taffer Hams Oh, you know, the other thing you can look test. at is the reviews. Now, these can you are sort just, those by new? They, yeah, so the, the most recent review was March 28th, and then before that was January 24th. Okay. But these are also videos that aren't showing up in the in the side here. So it's possible those are just reviews with like actual comments in them as opposed to just like star mm. reviews and star ratings, right? So I don't know. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get to the bottom of this. I think we're gonna try one more time with Taffer. If that doesn't work, I think Michael Rappaport might be the best option. Plus a couple Michael Rappaport would be good. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. I mean my an idea I did have today about it was we get we save up like an extra hundred bucks and then have um, iced tea roast, not only Aquilini, but John Taffer. Oh, that could be that. That's really good. Actually. That might be the one. Yeah. Actually, You know what? A little twofer. It's an extra hundred bucks. Let's just do that. Fuck. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep, uh, keep rolling with Taffer for now. <laughs> uh, oh, all right. Well, that's, I th- that's mainly everything for my notes. So I think that's it. Let's call it a show. Uh, go Coyotes tomorrow. Yes, let's, let's end the season on a, on a high note. Give me like two uh, or three Pedersen points and a, and a Canucks loss. That would be and ideal. a Kuzmenko goal. Actually, ah, fuck Kuzmenko. Oh well, yeah, uh, forty goals would be cool. Forty guess, would be but, cool, but yeah. No, nah, like uh, we talked about with Jackson. I, 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 maybe I can separate the art from the artist with that. Yeah. Uh, man. But I know. I know it's the name of the podcast, but I really do hate this team. Yeah, fuck them, dude. They <laughs> suck. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Watch out!
Wow! Wow! 